must arm our airmen to outthink, outperform, outpartner, outinnovate any potential adversary. Air Force Basic Military Training has an updated curriculum with a new focus on readiness and lethality. The first command, the Air Force starts here. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome in to episode number 24 on the Air Force Starts Here. Thanks for the subscribe, stream, or download, however you might be listening in. Of course, now on Google Play and Spotify, in addition to Apple Podcasts, as well as the AETC website. So we really appreciate you taking some time out today and joining us. If you got some extra time, we certainly would love a great review or even some stars. Of course, only Five stars uh, are allowed, just kidding, but five stars are always appreciated. So let us know how we're doing, bringing you timely and relevant info across the recruit, train, and educate worlds. My name is Dan Hawkins from the Air Education and Training Command Public Affairs Office and your host for this professional development podcast dedicated to bringing total force Big A Airmen insight, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from the recruiting, training, and education field. So if you've been following us for a while, you might recall that our first podcast that we ever did focused on the curriculum changes that were happening at Air Force Basic Military Training, and those changes were implemented to ensure graduates are more lethal and ready to contribute to the Air Force mission to fly, fight, and win. And so now fast forward a little bit over a year, 23 episodes later, and we are back at BMT at Joint Base San Antonio Lackland inside the Gateway Wing, this time to talk to Captain Tyler Hoff, a BMT flight commander with the 321st Training Squadron about an adaptive learning cooperative research and development agreement that's tied to General Webb's priority of transforming the way we learn through the aggressive and cost-effective modernization of education and training. So as part of this no-cost agreement for the Air Force, two BMT flights were issued personal computers from Microsoft with all of their BMT lessons loaded inside an adaptive learning software program from a company called Serigo, and it's designed to help students learn material more efficiently and retain knowledge longer through an adaptive, personalized learning tool that provides real-time feedback to both the students and the instructors to optimize their learning experience instead of the way that we've always traditionally done it through our old hard copy paper textbooks that you might remember in your backpack pulling out in the dining facility line, for example, if you had five minutes to study. So it's really interesting what we're trying to do with technology and speaking from a force development perspective the hope is that this software that's being used will help focus instruction for the students in academic areas that have been identified as potentially weak for individual airmen and really tailor that experience in a learner-centric way where their knowledge gaps are with the end goal of course hoping that airmen learn more efficiently. Captain Hoff goes in-depth on the five W's of this cooperative research and development agreement, including, which I found to be really interesting, the innovation aspect of this beta test, um, because he talks about it wasn't just technology being introduced, um, but the process that they use at BMT was 
constantly being shifted around as they kind of went through the process and learned what worked and what didn't. So you might enjoy that part of the conversation as well. He will also spend some time talking about some of the early returns of the beta test, both from a positive and, and perhaps negative angle for both the trainees and the BMT cadre perspectives, and along with what's next moving forward now that the data collection phase of the beta test is complete. And so 100 trainees participated in this, two flights, a female and a male flight participated in this. They got issued the laptops on their very first day, full day, I should say, of basic military training. And they just wrapped up their end of course on January 21st, not scheduled to graduate BMT until early February. But that's a little bit of background on the, the participants. And on a side note, if you haven't been at BMT in, in, in some time, or if you've never seen it up close and personal um, at all, from the military training instructors to the squadron group and wing leadership, it really is a first-class operation and pretty amazing to see firsthand. It's loud, it's proud, full of energy, uh, and producing exceptional airmen uh, out to our Air Force. So let's march right in. Episode 24 of the Air Force Starts Here kicks off right now. So Captain Hoff, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, so I am Captain Tyler Hoff. I am an aircraft maintenance officer by trade. Uh, however, I've been down here at basic military training at Lackland Air Force Base for about 18, 19 months. Um, pulled out of my career field, came down here, and jumped right into the training environment. And I, uh, I've loved it ever since. Certainly missed my career field, but I have enjoyed my time down here at basic military training. I've got a wife at home, baby on the way, uh, and a dog that is the coolest little dude on the planet. Um, and really, I. Yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so, busy job. You're a flight commander here at the 321st Training Squadron. And for those of you who maybe have never been to a BMT complex, or if you have, it, it may have been a while, these are busy <laughs> places, so we'll set, the, we'll, we'll set the battle space for you. It may get loud. You may hear some loud speakers in the background, but there's generally a lot of chaos going on here at BMT. And so... As we look to talk about adaptive learning and some of the lessons that you guys have learned throughout this beta test process, uh, I kind of wanted to start with why. Why do we need to look at new ways to introduce things like technology or adaptive learning into right. the basic military training setting? So I, I think that we need to do that because we, we as a society are advancing. We are advancing outside of the military environment outside of the DOD. Uh, if you look at the way our, our children learn in schools now, they learn much more, they, they learn differently than, than the rest of us did. Uh, I grew up with books and highlighters, uh, whereas people that are in school now are learning with computer-based learning and, and, and adjusting. The, the times are changing, so it, it's time for us to to change and adjust the way that we present our information to our trainees. 
uh, because we're getting we're getting those trainees that are from that generation that have learned that way, uh, and it's a much more familiar environment than say, hey trainee, welcome to basic military training. Here's a five hundred and some odd page book. Learn it all. So, I think I think we need to change because the outside world is changing, um, and that that's why we decided to implement. And, and run this pilot test where we brought that adaptive learning platform into basic training. So if you could maybe just kind of set the stage and kind of just explain a the fact that this is part of a cooperative research uh, and development agreement and, and who the players are and how this kind of just came together because I know that this actually um, for Sergeant Theo from headquarters AATC and a lot of other people, this has been a, a process that's been in the planning mode for quite a while. Right. So uh, all the way back when General Quast was the AATC commander, um, in line with Chief Staff of the Air Force call for innovation and, and that initiative, the brainchild was kind of brought to life of, well, what if we introduced that to our basic trainees as the earliest point of a session for our enlisted airmen. Uh, And then I believe Sergeant Theo was actually at a convention where he saw an adaptive learning platform in use and it kind of clicked. So that's where where that process began, uh, probably late fall, early winter of 2018, where AETC developed that cooperative research and development agreement with a company based out of out of California called Cerigo. Uh And per that agreement, at no cost to the Air Force, we would be able to test their platform in our basic training arena, per se. Uh, and then they brought in a few subcontractors to help with that. Uh, they brought in Microsoft and a support company called ITG uh, to provide support for those Microsoft tablets that, that were provided for the beta test. So for the layman, what is, I think most people probably understand, oh, they brought in computers, but the software piece of this, the adaptive learning, what is kind of the uh, intent and the hope um, you, using this platform? So the beautiful part about that platform is that it takes all of the information that we would usually teach a trainee. Uh, our curriculum team here at Basic Military Training had to convert all of that out of that 500-page book and load it into this platform. And it, our trainees are still seeing the same information. They're just seeing it in a different format. Uh, it's more segmented where each lesson is broken out, almost like chapters would be, uh, but it, each one is classified as a different lesson within that online platform. Uh, And the really cool thing about that is our trainees can jump in and they start to study. And once they've gone through the information, they've read through it, questions are presented to them, just like questions would be presented to them at the end of a chapter as a review question. Uh, They answer those questions, right or wrong, they move on. However, Sarago has an algorithm that looks at when a trainee last saw this information, what high miss questions they missed, what questions they got right. And based off of all the data on their platform, it identifies when that trainee needs to see that information again 
as it's fading from their memory. And it reintroduce, reintroduces the information at an optimal moment where it's fading from that trainee. Well then, at that point, they see that information again and their retention goes up. And as it fades, they'll see it again. And as it fades, they'll see it again. So it, it constantly shifts and adapts to that trainee. Uh, so this is not a instructor coming in saying, okay, it's been a while since you've studied this lesson, everybody go study this. It's trainee one is struggling in this topic. So they're gonna see that more often. Well, maybe trainee two is struggling with something else. So it's an individualized experience individualized experience for those trainees and it's adapted specifically for them. So it really speaks to that forced development that AETC is really pushing towards a learner-centric environment with individualized learning that's tailored potentially to each student per se as opposed to like you talked about that mass peanut butter spread where right. you know because I said so go read chapter 23 well not every airman needs to necessarily read chapter 23 again, but maybe there are some that do. Right, exactly. And then those that don't can use that time to effectively study the area that they're lacking in. I mean, so that's, that is really cool. So what, what does that look like in um, actual application? So the last time I was here was actually on the very first day, um, right. which was for these trainees around 100-ish trainees, their very first full day in basic military training, wearing the OCPs fresh out of clothing issue, and they're getting issued this laptop computer, really, in essence, or a tablet in a very hectic environment. So kind of talk us through what that looked like and what kind of stressors that, that potentially added, not only for, for the trainees, but also your team. Right. So that, uh, that day was definitely an interesting day. Um, so like you said, it was the first day that they'd, they'd been here. They got here the night prior. They went to bed anywhere from 10 o'clock to two o'clock. And some of them maybe even a little bit later. Well, 5.45 the next morning, wake up, let's go. Uh, I know you're tired. Suck it up, buttercup. We gotta, we gotta press on. Uh, so that morning, no kidding, our trainees got up, they ate breakfast, they processed, went to medical, got their pay card, uh, got their haircut, were issued their uniforms, came back, ate lunch, and then came up to see us in that classroom. As they walked into that classroom, we issued each trainee in the room, uh, which totaled out to be 100 trainees, 52 female trainees in my female flight, and 48 male trainees in my male flight. Uh, issued out 100 tablets to them, and... I'm sure that was not what they expected coming to base military training. Uh, I think they expected more of a, hey, here, here's your textbook, go. Um, at that point, that's when we notified them, hey, you were, these flights were selected to be a part of a beta test. So you're helping make, potentially make changes that are going to impact airmen for years and years and years to come. Um, however, that in and of itself presented a new level of stress for these trainees. We have a, about a 14-day, I don't want to say grace period, but a 14-day period of for them to acclimate to our environment. Uh, very high stress. First two weeks are you're, you're constantly moving, uh, and we added a new variable of hey, here is a tablet that you are entrusted in in keeping safe and in working condition. 
so, so that definitely added a whole level, a whole new level of stress. Now, fast forward about a week into the middle of the first week of training. Once all the processing is done and we start really jumping into that, the first classroom environment setting, um, study time became a little stressful for this first couple of weeks because as, as with any pilot test, it is there to identify your strong areas and your weak areas. Uh, we very quickly identified some areas that, that we need to improve upon if we were to go full scale. Uh, and we, we had some connection issues, which stressed some trainees out because they weren't able to get on and they're sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, I need to, I need to access my study guide, but I can't get it because I can't connect. Um, so that added a whole level of stress, um, not just for our students, but for our instructors, because my instructors and I are having daily meetings of, hey, how are we going to fix this? What are, what are we going to do? Do we need to break them up into study groups? Do we need to disperse them so we have enough bandwidth for them all to get on, which is eventually what we ended up doing. Uh, and then as soon as we did that, our trainees were able to access all their information. Stress levels went down. Which stress levels went down for everybody involved because we were able to start progressing in our curriculum. Uh, and then out of that, we started seeing trainees that were more engaged, more excited because they, they were learning in a way that was familiar to most of them. Uh, not all of them. We certainly had a couple that had never learned in this type of way. Uh, but the majority of them had, had been, they were familiar with a quote unquote computer based training. Um, and because it was familiar to them, they became more comfortable. Um, we also saw these flights, I don't want to say that they came together faster, um, because all flights come together relatively quick at basic training, but they were forced to overcome challenges earlier on because there were some people that had never used computers and the tech savvy trainees took it upon themselves to help out those that were like me, not tech savvy at all, uh, which introduced that organic team building exercise that we didn't even have to provide them. Uh, so that some adjustments there, uh, definitely some adjustments in our instructor's schedule because they had to make sure that they were tracking, hey, you need extra time to get your tablets in the morning. You used to be able to toss your 500 page textbook in your backpack and go well now I got to make sure everybody's tablets charged and they go grab them and unplug them and quickly yet safely put them in their backpack so there's no damage uh, so a little bit of stress added for the instructors there but yeah. and really no template to kind of draw no, upon like not at all I, I'm sure the whole is your tablet charged never really crossed your mind until the next day when is your tablet charged <laughs> right sit down in class open it up my tablet's dead did you charge it last night? No. Well, that's why. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think there probably is a subset of people out there who would say, okay, well, oh, we gave them these tablets that are in basic <laughs> training. Um, they had access to all of these, the interwebs, worldwide mm -hmm. web, but that's not really in essence how no. that worked. There was a quite a few restrictions in terms of what they can actually do with these tablets and they're all related to learning. Correct, so they, we, we absolutely restricted what our trainees were able to access. Uh, because of this being a pilot test, uh, if this were to go full scale, then there would be 
an enterprise solution for how to do that. But because it was a pilot test, we had to get a little creative. And what we did was, since we were working off of Surface Pros, we used a feature that was already built into Microsoft, and it was the, for, I'm blanking, I'm blanking on the actual term, but it was, it was a family construct, where you create one parent computer, that parent computer controls X number of child computers, and you completely limit what that computer can access. So we were able to limit, limit it down to, our trainees could log onto the internet, but they could only access the Serigo webpage and the splash page that they had to click, yes, I accept, to sign in on the, the learning Wi-Fi system. Those were only two web pages they could get to. The trainee were to try and go to a social media web page, a message would pop up that says, you do not have permission to access this website. Um, we were able to, working with all of our team partners, uh, the cameras were completely disabled. So no cameras were allowed into the dormitory setting while trainees were in state of undress. Uh, we also received notifications if a trainee were to breach any of the established rules. Uh, so for instance, if we were not able to limit the trainee's ability to access the app store, but we were notified of a trainee purchased or downloaded an app. Uh, we, we were able to limit the ability to purchase, so anything requiring money they weren't able to get. Uh, but case in point, I had a tablet download the Hulu app, which is a video streaming app. Well, within an hour of the download, we received notification of, hey, trainee so-and-so downloaded this streaming app. Uh, and then we were able to, in real time, go and, hey, what are you doing? Why'd you do that? You know, you're not, you know, you're not allowed to do that. Come on now. Uh, and then pursue disciplinary action as needed. Uh, and then for screen time, our trainees go to bed at 2100. They wake up at 0545. Between the hours of 2100 and 0530, it was an expensive paperweight. They couldn't access their tablets. If they were to turn it on, open it up, a message popped up that says, your screen, due to your screen time limits, you cannot access your device until 0530. Would you like to ask for more time? If they said yes, it would send an email to us, which none of us were checking because we were sleeping and they would not have been able to get that, that extra screen time. So yesterday was uh, this beta test, these two flights, their end of course test. And, and while I know it's still in a data collection phase, um, let, let's first talk about maybe just some of what the airman's reaction on the back end now with, after you get through that stressful period, they kind of get into their routine. You have a couple of, of, of missteps, but that's with any, any process. Um, but what was the airman's take uh, on that? Granted, they don't have any point of reference because they've never been through BMT right. without it either. But what, what did you feel like a general consensus potentially or, or, or some of the feedback at least was? So for the most part, our trainees really enjoyed the opportunity to, to take part in, and to have that tablet. Um, and, and that's not just feedback from our trainees, that's feedback from kind of all facets. So our trainees enjoyed the ability to take notes using a keyboard in class. Uh, for those that, that wanted to write, they had the ability to do that. But they also had the ability to type along with our instructors that, that were teaching those classes. 
um, from the instructor standpoint for our instructors that led those flights for the last six and a half weeks because uh, they're still in they're still in active training uh, they saw more motivated more energetic trainees that wanted to spend more time studying that wanted to spend that time learning this information and then for our instructors that taught the class in the classroom environment they saw they saw trainees that were more attentive and they could reference previous notes at a, at the snap of a finger just by scrolling up in their notepads. And they could identify, oh, that instructor just tied that into this lesson. But this lesson was three days ago. So our instructors that taught those lessons, they, they saw that and they, they truly enjoyed that. Uh, so I, I think from all, from all viewpoints, it was viewed as a, as a good thing. Uh, Definitely some stress associated with it. Sure. Uh, and a little bit of resistance because, well, that's not the way it was when I came through BMT, so why should we make that the way they come through BMT? Uh, but but we, have to, we have to break the mold and we have to break that mentality. And it, this whole beta test really just loudly speaks to uh, transforming the way we learn. And one of General Webb uh, and Chief Gudgel's priorities for the first command is... is aggressively and, and cost-effectively modernizing education and training. And one of the things that I have talked to in the past with Sergeant Theo about was how, you know, there's a lot of benefits that maybe in this beta test you, you don't, wouldn't necessarily see, but one of the potential examples of, of having this kind of capability in any um, training environment, including BMT, is the potential to update curriculum in real time whereas right now you would have to wait like a, you know, at a biannual printing right. process so can you kind of talk to maybe some of the things that you guys have potentially envisioned or or would hope that the data might prove could be a potential benefit uh, moving forward uh, for BMT so as you mentioned we we do have every six months our curriculum update where we go back and we adjust we adjust fire based off of any changes that need to be made. Uh, so this this would allow us to do that in real time in a web-based arena, uh, which that, that is definitely at the forefront of, of the bonuses and positive responses we can have from this. Uh, but also in addition to that, not only can we do that, but our instructors can log in and using an analytics page find, hey, this trainee is struggling in this lesson, all the way down to the person and to the question that they're missing the most and to the concept. So our instructors can hone in on that person and say, hey, I see that you're struggling with X. Well, let's try to explain that a little differently. Let, let's, let's look at it from this standpoint. Or, well, let's take four steps to the left and maybe it'll make more sense. Uh, and, and we're able to hone in on that. So not only can we update curriculum, but we can provide a more personalized experience and better prepare our trainees with what they need versus what I think they need by just observing. I can observe and I can hone in on it and say, 
yeah, I need, I need to go engage on this. And, and we talked a little bit offline about this, but we talked about innovation and how, you know, a lot of times people think about technology and wow, that's innovative, but there's a, there's a whole process that maybe underlies all of that, that right. you kind of had to be innovative to think about introducing technology into BMT, but you almost had to be innovative sometimes on an hour to hour daily type of basis uh, to really make this all work. So I'm curious about what that looked like and how you feel like from uh, a cadre perspective, maybe it helped your team think of things in different ways. So you're absolutely right. Innovation isn't just introducing technology into a field. It's it's the leaning processes. It's being creative in the way that, that we do things to get the most bang for our buck. Um, so we, we definitely saw a little bit of that in the early stages here of, okay, well, here's a problem that our current process doesn't allow us to work in that way. Well, guess what? That's a roadblock. That doesn't mean we're going to stop and turn around. That means we're going to find a way around it. Um, so we, we had to adjust some of those processes. We had to adjust the way that we studied. Our trainees usually study in their dormitories. Well, we had to add an extra step. Okay, everybody get your backpacks. We're going to go up to the classrooms. We're going to log into our computers, and we're going to connect to the Internet, um, which took a little bit more lead time up front because we had to get into position, into place to study. But we were more effective once we got in place. Um, we had to adjust our falling out procedures. Usually, grab your backpack, which already has your study guide in it, and get out the door in the morning. Well, now it's grab your backpack, everybody step into the day room, grab your tablet, put it in your backpack, fall out. Uh, adding an extra step, which in the end made us more effective. Uh, so you got to give a little to get a little. Sure. We gave some time up front, but in the end, we were able to be more effective with our time. So now, no, obviously these trainees soon to graduate, but they're, they're done with the computer portion of this beta test now, and now moving forward, kind of got a lot of data here to, to look at it as part of a team effort. So what does the way forward look like uh, in terms of this CRADA partnership? So what we'll do here and, and from here on out, uh, as the trainees just took their end of course test yesterday, so we're still compiling all that data uh, and still sifting through it because we have their scores, but we don't necessarily know exactly what those mean yet. Uh, we certainly have to dive deeper into those. What we'll do is we'll take all that data, we'll gather it, we'll compile it into one location, uh, and we'll send it out to AETC SAS, or the Statistics and Analysis Squadron, uh, and Sarago, and their engineer at Sarago, uh, or their engineers at Sarago and SAS will work hand in hand to provide data from those analytics and those data points down for those decision makers to decide whether or not we're going to introduce this into our curriculum, whether we're going to introduce it into our arena. Um, and then after that, We'll, we'll brief at all appropriate levels to get all the major players on the same page. And then we'll press forward with whether we'll introduce it, we won't, maybe it'll be a blended. Uh, that all depends on, on the data that we see. 
Well, it's certainly exciting times. It's probably very exciting for you and your team to be kind of on that leaning front edge of the sword, so to speak, uh, of change uh, or innovation, if you will, and transforming the way we learn. So appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Thank you. What an initiative. Tons of great stuff happening at BMT. And I mentioned it with Captain Hoff, but if you haven't been inside the basic military training environment in the wild, it is equal parts chaotic, orderly, inspiring, and intimidating in that loud and proud arena. The 321st TRS really welcomed me in, so thank you very much, Captain Hoff. He was juggling about 30 things in his role as a BMT flight commander, but he stopped to take time and talk with us here on the Air Force Starts here, so we certainly appreciate that. And before we close out, I really wanted to add in a couple of people that have been behind the scenes that have made this beta test happen in my research for this podcast. Chief Master Sergeant Julie Gudgel, our command chief at AATC, really has been an advocate for this. She understands that airmen uh, need to be inspired uh, and want to be inspired. And these are some of the ways they are already learning uh, before they even come to the Air Force. So she has played a major role here. Staff Sergeant Sam Theo from the headquarters AATC staff. He has done a yeoman's job of putting in a ton of work behind the scenes to make this whole thing happen. And of course, special thanks to Captain Hoff and his whole team uh, at BMT. As a reminder, you can follow Air Education and Training Command and the AETC Command Team via social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as on the web at www.aetc.af.mil. You can check out the podcast, again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and the AETC website. So no matter what phone you have, you're covered. Thanks for checking us out on the podcast as we dive into the world of recruiting, training, and education. For our entire AETC public affairs team, I'm Dan Hawkins. So long. We'll talk to you next time on The Air Force Starts Here.